Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones. Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and today I have the absolute honor of having Danielle Nicole Black. Thank you all so much for having me today. I'm so excited about this conversation. Me too. I'm really excited to get to talk to you about your mission. First, we've got to introduce you. So why don't you tell everybody about yourself and how you got started? I am Danielle Nicole Black. I'm the founder and CEO of Crown Me Foundation. I wear many hats. Um, I truly have a heart for service and for people and seeing people become more educated about how they can live healthier lives and elevating their lives. I don't believe that we're here to be stressed. I believe that we're here to live happily and, uh, and, and have good, prosperous lives. I am also excited about so many things that I would love to chat with y'all about. This is my final year, my PhD program, so I'm very excited about that. Yes, I will be graduating August 2024, and um, I, I'm just enjoying the journey to, to the finish line. Tell us what your PhD is in. So my, my PhD is in education and leadership. I've been in education for 17 years, and I have had um, all types of teaching experiences. I've taught all grades. I've taught on a college level. I've been a master mentor teacher. I've been an administrator. Um, I've been a reading specialist, a librarian. I've been everything in the education arena. And uh, what I am set out to do is to, to figure out exactly what keeps teachers motivated. My research is on what keeps teachers motivated. I'm taking a more of an asset approach to uh, the research because everything about teachers right now is so negative. Teacher burnout, teachers walking away, teachers starting a new profession. And so I want to know what is in the hearts of the teachers that remain. You know, what is in the hearts of those that come to school every day and is excited about teaching regardless of the pay, regardless of all the negative things that are floating through the air? Why are the ones that are there still there? What is in their hearts and how can that be duplicated for the ones that are either joining the profession or those that are experiencing burnout and need to rekindle their fire for education? So that is my, my uh, PhD dissertation. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's Thank very you. important. It's like that you're the kind of mind, I think, that we really actually should be having in charge of these things. The job is very taxing. You know, we have a lot of demands placed on us and the pay is not increasing. However, the job is necessary. You know, someone has to be there to educate the young minds of our society. And for those that are here, how do we remain um, happy in the profession and enjoying it? Uh, when we don't always have teacher autonomy, when we can't always make our decisions about what to teach and, you know, how we teach it, how do we still keep a heart for learning? And so um, I'm excited about that research because I'm hoping that I can come up with a recipe that could be duplicated across the board to keep teachers happy and motivated. Yes, that would be awesome. And just what they need, it seems, too. Yes, absolutely. So I'm also a fitness instructor. And um, <laughs> <laughs> another and, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people come to my fitness class because I am not only instructing them with fitness, but I am motivating them and I'm educating them at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I've learned that everything that I do across the board, I'm a motivator. You know, uh, I, I am a transformational leader where I allow my story 
to cause others to want to transform and elevate. And it's 100% genuine. This is like what is most important to me for things, but it, Danielle's always been 100% genuine. Right. This is not like yes. some actor stage or anything. This is her. Across the board. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about your favorite hat, the Crown Me Foundation? But I will I will start with why I started. I have to be honest and say, you know, I was I was married and in a relationship for 15 years. And I felt like I had achieved all the things I needed to achieve. I had my my college degree. I was the first in my family to go to college and achieve that. You know, and then I even went back and, and did graduate school for education. And so I was the first in my family to achieve that as well. So I felt like I had all the things. I had the marriage. I had the kids. I had checked all the boxes. I was complacent, y'all. I was just going to, you know, stay in my little teaching position and just go about my business. Well, that's not the way my life unfolded. My entire world was snatched from under me when the person that I was with completely flipped the script, right? And I, I had no idea um, of why this was happening um, or, or exactly what was happening. I had no idea that I was in a uh, an abusive relationship in, inside of a trauma bond. You know, I had, I had no idea. You know, people always say, look for the red flags. Well, I come from an environment of red flags. Everybody's a flaming red flag. And so when you come from that, you attract it. That system, that way of thinking follows you, right? And you don't know that you're living unhealthily because you don't know what you don't know. If you haven't experienced healthy, how do you know that you're in something unhealthy? Well, anyway, fast forward, my world came tumbling down, emotionally abused, financially sabotaged, all of these different things. And I ended up at, in rock bottom. You know, I... I was very codependent, you know, um, in that codependency, toxic type relationship, focused so much on fixing the other person that I lost myself. I neglected myself where this person decided to exit. Now, you know, they they took all the money. I have thirty eight dollars in the bank. Um, all the bills are behind just just in a complete uproar. Right. I, I wanted to get back on track. You know, I wondered. How is it that I did all the things, right? I checked my boxes. So how is it that I have all of these letters and accolades behind my name and I still end up in such a toxic, low-level type relationship? And um, when I got in that position and I started reaching out for resources, there were no resources. Y'all know how we get stressed? We go to Google. We type in Google, Lord, help me. At that time, I just felt like I was in a bad Lifetime movie. Everybody that I went to was saying crazy things like, let's keep this amongst family. Let's not, let's not discuss this. You know, don't get a counselor because then the counselors are going to know our business. It was like this constant cover up, you know, yeah. and, I, and, and it was like, like everybody crazy. I'm like, you know, that's what it felt like. I, I, I was, I felt like I was in a bad movie where everybody um, had some type of psychological thing happening that that just wasn't healthy, right. uh, and so I, I I decided I said, okay, I only have thirty eight dollars. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to pay the mortgage. I can't pay a counselor. You know, I I don't know where I can go for resources. Who can I turn to to help me put my life together? Who's willing to help me make this make sense? Like this is this is awful. How did I get here? And so I 
realized at that time, you know, when we get in those tough spots, be like, oh, Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise <laughs> I'll never put myself back in this position again. And I will help anybody you want me to help. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just it was one of those nights. I call it being hot and be completely honest, open and transparent. I would go home, get my kids a bath, you know, interact with them for a short while and get them get them to sleep so I can go to my closet and cry. I would just cry until I couldn't cry anymore. Well, one night I had cried so much. It felt like I had peed on myself. The carpet was so wet around me. I'm like, what is happening? And in that moment, you know, a voice came to me and said, crown me. I'm like, crown me? What is that? What is that? I had no idea what that was or what that meant. Um, but shortly after, people started to show up in my life. They helped me realize the vision that I had for it. And it started to unfold, you know, and I remember lots of people saying, you know, before you jump into the nonprofit world, you got to have a YouTube channel. You got to have 100 videos at least. You got to have a 10K following. You got to have all these things. And I'm like, listen, I don't have all those things. I don't know how long it's going to take me to build all those things. I'm going to get a sign printed. I'm going to wear the logo in the colors. And I'm I'm grabbing these pom-poms and I'm going. Because yeah, yeah. it's people that need me in my current state. They need what's real and what's authentic. They don't need all this fake stuff. They don't need you. They don't need me to hide behind, you know, the social media and, and all of these different things. They need what's real. They need me in my current form right now, not perfection or pretend perfection. And so that's what I did. And once I really got out there, I, you know, I, I at first I was fearful because I didn't know what a five hundred one c three was. Uh, I was a teacher and a mom and a wife, and that's all I ever aspired to be at that time. And I was cool with that. But that's not how my life unfolded. Uh, but once I got in the nonprofit world and I started really touching people's lives and crowning women and um, allowing women to share their stories with me and me be vulnerable with vulnerable with them, I realized that that's that's where my my heart is. My heart is really getting out in the world and connecting with women like me that, you know, have questions that don't quite understand um, healthy versus unhealthy, toxic versus you know, non-toxic relationships, how to set boundaries, how to establish and maintain those boundaries. How do we vet a person? How, we, how do we know that a person is good for us if we've never um, learned how to do that and our families never did it, you know? Uh, and so that's where my heart is. My heart is in connecting, networking, um, seeing people have a, a good time and being able to to share their hearts with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I think like compassion is like the the bottom line in all of this is that yeah uh, you you have to approach things with a sense of compassion you help other people out of the situations you've been through and 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 being so compassionate you you have a propensity toward I, I suppose not wanting instead of saying at least at least I'm not in it anymore and that's all there is at least it's not me you can say you know, it should never be anybody and do something to help other people. Right, right. That's admirable. Like, it really Thank you. Thank you. Well, I just realized that instead of being bitter, you know, because everybody said, oh, you made all these sacrifices for him and you're supposed to be getting all the things now because, you know, when we were together the last uh, six or seven years, 
of our relationship, he was in school. So I was pinching pennies. I was making sacrifices. I was doing all of these different things. And so people were like, you should get all of, you know, what you sacrificed for. And I just felt like, you know what, it's it, it what I'm supposed to have, I'm going to have. It doesn't have to come from the person that I sacrificed for. And, you know, I don't have to be bitter about it, but, and I don't have to seek revenge in the traditional way that people see revenge. My revenge comes from making sure other women don't go through this or freeing other women. That is, that is what I feel is my revenge. And that's what drives me, um, making sure that I create that human levy and say, no, not my people, not, not anymore. This is enough is enough. And um, when I say my people, I mean all people, all colors, all creeds, all sizes, all everything. Crown is inclusive of all of us. You know, you can you can see that on my board. Um, and so it's it's not it's not a one color. It's not a one size fit all because we all go through the same thing. We all have been in situations where we wish we had made a different choice and had we more had more education and information, our choices would have been different. And so, you know, this is something I'm very passionate about. And I often think about the curriculum inside of schools. How is it that we go from, uh, you know, nursery all the way to college and there is no social course? There is no course on how to be human, how to express your feelings, how to express disagreement, how to express agreement, how to connect with others. You know, as a second grade teacher now, I get kids coming to me all the time on the playground saying, he pushed me, she pushed me, he chased me, and I didn't want to be chased. And when you get to the bottom of it, they just want to be friends. They wanted to play, but no one has taught them how to use their words to say, I want to play. Well, it's the same for adults. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's certain things that we want as adults that we just think our, our partner is supposed to meet our needs. Well, unspoken needs don't get met. And at the end of the day, we realize that as adults, we don't even know how to speak our needs. You know, my mom, I, I, I had a conversation with my mom that really like almost brought me to tears because she has spent her entire life being a caretaker. Uh, and then after my grandmother passed away, she said, well, I don't I don't even know what I want. I don't I don't know what's enjoyable for me. She's yeah. 65. How is it that we get to this this place? You know, it just it stems from being codependent. Lack of self-care, lack of self-discovery, lack of that solitude that the world makes us fear, you know, having that alone time. It, it comes from a lack of all of that. And so that's what we're trying to to teach, you know, our women and girls. And, and that's why we're headed to the, the university, because we want to create a system. We want to create a curriculum where we can educate girls starting out very young, as early as age five and seven all the way to, you know, adulthood. We want to be able to support them in those peaks and in those valleys and teach them how to be social, how to connect, how to pick the right people for love relationships, business relationships, and just day-to-day -day relationships. They need to figure out how do you pick someone that you can trust and depend on so that your life can be granted. You're not, you know, at the age that I am having to start over because you were left with two of everything like Noah's Ark, you know, two kids, two dogs, two cars, two just, you know, mortgage behind you. I don't want to see another woman suffer um, the way I did because I lacked education. And unfortunately, you're not the only one to tell that story. It's so many of us. I mean, I mm. honestly believe that my relationship with Charlie is the first healthy partnership I've ever been in. And 
coming to that realization was very sobering to say mm -hmm. the least. Yes, yes, it's tough. And I get I get calls every day uh from women and, and girls that need the help. Uh and you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's women that don't necessarily have the education or the resources, but then other times it's women that are head of big companies, you know, big organizations, other big nonprofits that are having these same issues and we have to think that schools focus so much on academics we lose sight of you know and so, yeah yeah it's it's sad and that's that's what i want crown me to to be that anchor where we're shifting that focus back to us you know um and realizing that any person that we pick is a reflection of us as much as i would like to hate you know, um, the relationship that I spent 15 years in, it was still a reflection of my trauma and my unhealed uh, past, you know, and that's what we have to face that, okay, it, it's always a reflection of us. So how can we better us so that we can get a better reflection, you know, of, of what we want to see in relationships? We're going to leave you guys with that for just a minute. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one -on -one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. All right, we are back from our first break. And before we dive in any further, I want to get Charlie's take, the male perspective, because while we are focused on women and girls, I think it's important that we talk about how we have to work together and how it's not one-sided. So, Charlie, this is your first time listening to Danielle's story, and I want to get your take. No, it's, it's something that it's unfortunately, it's something I've, like you said, I've heard quite a bit. Uh, it's something that I, I don't believe I know a woman who hasn't been somehow abused, uh, which is disheartening. Uh, and, it, and it's a lot of the time it's us guys. Uh, and it, it's difficult to to do that sort of to walk the kind of line where you have to. I don't, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but you have this expectation of you um, that you are a threat. 
you're a dangerous person and it's not unjustified you have to think about that it's not unjustified just because not you i'm not that kind of guy it's a that doesn't mean that it's not a justified thought to be worried about are you that kind of guy because there are lots of those kinds of guys and it's it's something very important to me and it, it's it kind of caught my attention with Crowley foundation um because not only is this so prevalent among women, but it happens to men too. It's happened to me. I've, I've been in an abusive relationship that was codependent, a trauma bond that was absolutely grounded in just terrible, terrible things, nothing you want to build a relationship on. And it unfortunately dragged a whole bunch of people into mess that they really shouldn't have had to experience. Uh, and I, if I could have done something differently and gotten out of it sooner, I would have. But uh, like Danielle said, to echo what she said, it's really kind of a, a reflection of yourself, your inner self, um, where you are and what you've been through and whether it's resolved or not. Uh, oftentimes when it's not resolved, you end up in these situations uh, because you're kind of repeating the lesson until you learn it. Uh, it's, it's something that, that is near to my heart because I don't think anybody should go through what I've been through and based on what I've heard, no one should go through what Danielle has been through, what you've been through and anybody, any of them have been through. None of us deserved that. So uh, the best way forward for me is to try to be the kind of guy that my daughters could be happy with. That the, the kind of man that my daughters are going to look up to and when they do say, this is my male role model, this is what I expect of men, that it's a good image, that I would be happy to welcome them into my home and say, congratulations, welcome to this family, son. One day that will be the case, well, or maybe daughter, I don't know. But <laughs> either way, I want them to know what healthy looks like. And so it's up to me to be the best version of myself. On top, it started with healing to try to figure out what was what I could do better within my own relationship to try to make it better uh, than realizing that it takes two. It's not just me. If I fix myself, I still have to have someone work or who's willing to work with me on it. Um, and if I don't have that, then no matter how good I am, it doesn't matter. Uh, now that I've gotten that far, it's about being the best person I can be for my legacy, my children and watching them pick good healthy people and healthy relationships and communicate well they're very articulate for the most part and so like it's very it's very important to me sometimes i wish it didn't have to come at the cost that it did to them and seeing that or them seeing all that they've seen but uh i think that it's a net positive when we handle it in the right way as a family with a good support system like danielle provides with crown me it's the kind of support system that you need for, for people who don't otherwise have it, who are lacking the resources to get it. Because that's honestly the biggest problem there is, is that most people don't have the resources to get their help. Everyone needs help and most people don't have the resources to get it. So I admire what Daniel does. I do. And I, and I love being a part of it. Everything I can do to help it. I, I want to, we've, you know, had the, the signature sense that we built and we've been pumping those candles out and those yes. out to raise money for the Crown Me Foundation. 
it's been a, a, a really big push for me. Um, and it's important near and dear to my heart because even though we're focusing right now on women and girls, it's not something that is foreign to me as a man. And uh, I just can't say enough for what she's doing. Thank you so much, Charlie. I, I love everything that you said. And uh, I had that very same worry, too, with my boys uh, experiencing, seeing some of the things that they saw um, as I went through that process. And I had to realize that, you know, my kids are not so much focused on the situation, but they're focused on how how I'm reacting. Mm -hmm. And my reaction will become their default reaction someday, you know. Yeah. And so it's good that uh, your your kids saw you be resilient. They saw you rise above the situation. They saw you become healthy. They saw you build a healthy relationship, get married, build a business, build a home for your kids, you know, uh, be the, the protector and the provider and, and the strong person that you are. That's more important than the situation that you suffer. And that's the, the shift that I try to help my women see, you know, don't get so caught up in in the disaster that you lose focus of your kids watching the way you handle disaster. Mm -hmm. Because life is always going to have something that we have to conquer, but it's important for us to show our kids how we conquer so that when it's their turn, they can also be conquerors. And that's how I, I shifted my focus. And my, my boys see that now. They say, oh, our mommy's strong. You know, whatever it is, mommy's going to do it. Mommy set goals and she achieves them. You know, um, they know that. So it, just like I told them, I said, kids, we, we're not going to always be here because I remember those nights in the closet um, when when I would be in the closet praying, I have my prayer cloth and they'll come get under it with me. And I would tell them, I say, kids, we're not going to always be here. You know, this is only for a short period. And that was a promise I made to them. And to have them watch the building process where they drew the house out on paper, you know, and they came and checked the plans against what was being built. We believe when we had nothing. You know, and that's why I think that uh, so much of my story is inspirational because people see me on the surface and they think, oh, she's got it all together. She hasn't been through anything. You know, she's always so happy and blah, blah, blah. No, they have no idea. So when they hear my story, uh, it really is catchy and it's eye opening because they would have never thought that this this girl would have those struggles, you know. And so, like I said, I just think it's so important for our, our kids to see how we respond because our response system becomes theirs. And, and what lucky girls to have such an awesome pair of parents like you two that are, that are constantly evolving, constantly becoming better for them, nurturing them, loving them and allowing them to be who they are. I think that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Thank you. I think it's the most important thing for not stifling who they are, not trying to make them who we want to be or little mini versions of ourselves. Right. If they want to emulate us, that's wonderful. But I want you to know who you are right. from the time that you are small. you got to know who you are. And, you know, our girls come home sometimes. They talk to us about, you know, the, the bullies at school and what people are saying about them. And it's fun to hear our 11-year-old start to get her sarcasm and retort against the bullies and stand mm -hmm. up for herself. And 
you know, a seven-year-old is like, I I stood up to a bully and I went and told the teacher that they were being mean Mm. to another student. And, you know, knowing that they feel confident in that and come home and and want to tell those stories of, look, I'm I'm strong. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yes, I'm doing what you taught me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. So the name of the organization is Crown Me. And you mentioned when you crown a woman or a girl, can you explain to us what crowning is and what it symbolizes? Oh, my goodness. It, you know, that's my favorite part. I've had so many women. It's kind of like, uh, have you all read the story Scarlet Letter? Yes. Where where she wears the scarlet A in the town because she's she's gone through that process. Uh, it's kind of like that. I feel like I I wear that invisible scarlet letter, and um, women are drawn to me. I I I just I can't explain it. You know, they will come and they'll start sharing their story and they'll start crying on my chest and you know and it feels so good to crown them in that moment. You know, it feels so good to be in distress, you know, not really feeling all that great about yourself because you're allowing your situation to dictate how you should feel and look. To have someone give you just a small token of 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 what you should be feeling, um, regardless to what your situation is, is life changing. Uh, it's life changing. And it's a, it's a very emotional moment for me. And it's an emotional moment for the woman or the girl that I crown. Uh, it's a big deal because I, I think that a lot of times we make our problems external. We make our problems external uh, and we tolerate so much because we're f- focused on the external. But when we crown ourselves, when we see ourselves as worthy of taking time to relax, to enjoy, to connect, to do the things that we love. When we crown ourselves, we become better people. And when we start to treat ourselves well, we don't allow, allow anybody else to mistreat us. We become our right. own self-advocates, you know, and I I am single now. Um, <laughs> and I'm enjoying my singleness. You know, when I first started being single, I didn't know how to do that because it, it Life, society makes women feel so guilty for taking time to take a hot bubble bath or go get your nails done or get your hair done. We are condemned for taking care of ourselves, you know. And so when I when I had all this time, when my kids would go and be with their dad and I had all this time to myself, I didn't know how to handle it because I had never had that time. You know, it took me a while to adjust to learning how to take care of myself. But I realized that once I started to take care of myself and I started to treat myself better, when other people came along and tried to mistreat me, I immediately drew the line. Because wait a minute now, you're not going to mistreat me because I don't mistreat me. You have to treat me the way I treat me. Um, And so I just... I think that women need to understand that, that especially if they're out here and they're dating, a man should not have to worry about how another man is treating you. He needs to be competing with how you treat you. So you can't expect someone to come along and treat you better than you treat yourself. And healthy men are drawn to women that really take care of themselves. 
you know, uh, uh, an unhealthy man will leech off of a woman that he sees does not take care of herself because she's a target. Um, she becomes a target because he knows that he can use her and he can abuse her because she's not caring for herself. But if I'm caring for me, oh, no way. You set boundaries immediately, you know, because you you're, you're, you're conscious. It is our it's our unconscious women that we have to worry about. You know, you have to pay attention at all times. And it's one of those things that once you learn it, once your crown finds you and you put that bad boy on, you start to you start to kind of notice, you know, how it should shimmer. <laughs> like it's yes, it's, you, you yes. pay attention to it. And when it's a little tarnished, you stop and you clean it up. But yes. you're aware of that. And when other people's crowns aren't looking really good and or if they don't have theirs at all, yes. you're, you're, you're more inclined to help them you know, fix it, get it, get it straight. Yes. yes. And you can, you can speak, you can speak your boundaries immediately and healthily with no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that really bother me and I get overwhelmed really quickly uh, is, is people that are so extremely negative about every single thing. I'm yes. just like, oh, and I will say, I will say, you know what? <laughs> this situation or this conversation is not working for me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need to take a break, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can, I can say that immediately. Whereas before I knew these things about myself, I would just sit and allow it to go on and on forever. You know, I would suppress my feelings, you know, and be more concerned about the other person's feelings. No, not anymore. No. And um, and that's what we want to teach our women and girls, that you have to learn how to be your own self-advocate. You have to learn how to speak your boundaries with love. You don't you don't have to be mean or rude or brash or any of those things when you're expressing your boundaries. You can speak boundaries with love and move on. So if someone hears this and they're feeling a little bit spoken to, how could they practice some simple, healthy boundaries that maybe aren't so scary? Because setting a boundary can be very scary and intimidating. I know from experience and learning to set my own. So how can you practice that to get used to it? Well, you practice how you feel. Focus on you. Because if you set a boundary and you say you, um, like for example, if I say you are making me angry, you are making me upset. Well, now you've put that person in a very defensive mode and they want to, like uh, the kids say, clap back. <laughs> 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 they want to clap back. But if I focus on me and I say, hey, you know, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling a little uneasy about having this conversation or, you know, this isn't working for me. I need a break. I feel I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need to walk away for a bit. Can we reconvene at a later time? I'm focused on me. If I'm focused on me, it's not going to make you feel like you need to get engaged in an argument or you need to become defensive, you know, and the people that love us are going to support our boundaries. If you have someone that is clapping back because you set a boundary that is not a healthy person, you may need to reevaluate that situation um, and, and or that relationship because anybody that loves you is going to enforce your boundaries. You know, they're going to say, okay, you need a minute. Well, just let me know when you're ready to talk. We can pick this back up, you know, yeah. or, or this is making you uncomfortable. Well, tell me what is it about this conversation we're having that's making you uncomfortable? Maybe we can, you know, do this a different way. Uh, they're yeah. going to try to support you. That Those are signs of a healthy person. 
Now, mm -hmm. if if you set a boundary and you start getting a silent treatment, well, this person no longer wants to talk to you. You said you felt uncomfortable, so I'm not gonna call you for ten days. You know, I'm not gonna call you for a month. Now you now you're in something toxic. You know, um, the withdrawal, the silent treatment, the the punishment. You know, that passive aggressive type behavior. Then you know you in you in something toxic. It's time for you to exit stage left. You know, right. a lot of times people that are unhealthy, it's not your job to make them healthy. It's it's your job to see if they are healthy enough to engage in having a relationship with you. If not, then it's time to remove yourself from that situation because you end up creating a codependent um, relationship where you, you're getting a silent treatment. And now I feel like I have to change myself to appease you so that we can be friends. No, mm -hmm. that's not going to work. No, and that and that is abusive. Just yes. No, if ands or buts, if that's happening, that is abuse. And yes, that's that's sure tell tell signs of abuse. Yes, that is flat out abuse. So, you know, get get out of there if you're in that situation. Because I've been there, and I know that's that was the one of the worst feelings. The lowest places I've ever been was being outright stonewalled and ignored for yeah. days, and days and days by my own wife. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like it was, yeah. it's rough. Yeah, yeah. It's very rough. It's hard. And you, you know, you end up trying to be a people pleaser and mm -hmm. the more you try to please, you're thinking, Oh, the relationship will get better because I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything that they want me to do. And the abuse just gets stronger because they know that they can abuse you. So don't think that you can uh, do all the right things to someone that's stonewalling you or giving you the silent treatment because they're as actually thriving on seeing you miserable yes, um, with will. the way that you're reacting to the treatment. And once you stop reacting, then that, that upsets them, you know, mm -hmm. because they no longer have a relationship because you're not adding fuel to their fire. Yeah. They've and lost so the power. They've lost their power. And see, these are things, you know, it's easy for us to say, I wish I knew I would go back and change. But I just believe that life happens the way it's supposed to, because had it not happened to me, I wouldn't be on this mission. Uh, but one of the things that I recognized early on in, in my relationship uh, with my ex of 15 years was that um, he knew he had a good supply. We were in college. And I was headed into a major final exam. And it, out of nowhere, he broke up with me. He breaks up with me. And I'm crying. I'm sitting outside of the exam. I didn't even take the exam. I'm falling out and I'm begging him, please don't leave me. Please stay with me. Well, he knew I had threats of abandonment. Because growing up, that's what my parents did. You know, my daddy would come when it was convenient. If he didn't feel like being bothered, he he wasn't there. You know, um, my mom, she would go to the casino days on end. I'd be missing her, wondering where she is. And then my grandmother, she was old, raising um, me. She was in her 60s and 70s when I was young. And, um, you know, if she got upset, that, she knew how much I loved her. She would say, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to die. You know, if that was that... That threat of abandonment. So I was always so afraid to lose uh, the people that I loved. And, you know, he figured that out in our entire relationship. He would always threaten to leave, you know, until I got older and I understood what was happening. 
And then I stopped reacting. And I said, okay, let me help you. I'll help you leave. And he still didn't think I was serious about that. You know, when he left, he left on um, our 10th anniversary. He, he took the kids and said, I didn't need to know where he was going, but he didn't pack anything up in the house. He wanted a reaction out of me. And I didn't give him one. I just called the police. And y'all saw the color purple? Mm-hmm. Y'all remember when Celia was running around to go with Shug? She wanted to go with Shug. She was snatching all her stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. By the time he left, I was so relieved. I was I was like, um, Celia from the color purple. I was snatching everything. <laughs> up. I was packing everything up. When he came, he said, I, I'm coming to get my stuff next day. I let the garage up and everything was right there. It was all organized by season. I washed all his clothes. I pulled them out. I was like, baby, look, I would give you the truck. I would help you. Yeah, I hear because you come to a point where you're just tired, you're exhausted, or you know, of of you know, with the emotional abuse, the threats of abandonment, the rejection, the betrayal, the withdrawal. You come to a point to where you're just ready to let it go. I'm you know, like, um, I can't take any more of this, and it's over. Yes, yes, I was just, I was just done, and so you know, we want to help women and girls before they end up in those those types of situations. It's so unfortunate, but all the signs are there. All the signs are always there. I believe this is all 100%, 100% preventable. It's all 100% preventable with the right information, with the right knowledge. Like just imagine our girls getting a curriculum that's going to help them develop self-confidence and self-love and healthy boundaries from five and seven years old. You think they're going to get older and tolerate this kind of foolishness? No way. Absolutely not. They're going to go back into their home environments and tell their parents it's unhealthy for you to talk to me like that. Absolutely. And that's what we want. Yeah, that's what what we want. That's what we want. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. I want you guys to think about that for a second. Imagine at in elementary school, if you had learned what healthy was, how different would your life be? And we'll be right back. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launch pad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. All right, we are back from our final break. Got our last few minutes here to talk with Danielle. We got a lot to pack in here. I do want to bring up, I have my crown on today, just my little one. So, crowning a woman, I got to see you do this. Can you explain 
what makes you crown someone? Something about um, the, their their hearts, their the external, you know, way that they're connecting. Sometimes it's an it's an over exuberance of confidence, and sometimes it's a lack thereof. You know, and sometimes I can see women just in need of a compliment or some type of of boost. You know, um, you can see when when women and girls are hungry for just something, a little something extra. And so when I do see that, I crown these women. And a lot of times, if I see a woman that um, may be confident, you know, uh, she 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 feels good about herself. I want to recognize that as well. You know, and so I really try to crown as many women and girls that I come across because I feel, you know, on both ends of the, the, of the spectrum, if you're feeling higher, if you're feeling low, you benefit from having that something extra. No harm comes to anybody from giving positivity. It's not a pie. Right. You're not giving away a slice. Right. It's right. Free. It is free to be nice. And, <laughs> and so you know, free. crowning can be symbolic. I, I try to do it myself. You're such an inspiration. I try every day to do the same. It can Crowning someone is as simple as paying a compliment. You look at someone in the hallway and they have on a nice outfit. Uh, last time, you know, we were in one of the, the city buildings. We were in an elevator with someone. She was rushing around. She had a stack full of papers and I complimented her outfit and you saw her whole yeah. body change. It's amazing how few people just give that niceness. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, what I also realize is that I crown women and I do it because I really want other women to crown women. And I want other girls to crown other girls. And like you said, it doesn't always have to be something tangible. It could be something with a compliment. And I realized that crowning other women, whether it's, uh, you know, physically a little crown or big crown or emotionally saying something nice to them or, you know, um, mentally saying something nice about their intelligence. I, I realized that when you do that, you're coming from a very healed insecure place mm -hmm. and that is what I want for our society I want us to come from a more healed insecure place because when like I said when we heal and we heal our world we healed our entire we we heal you know we heal for generations that healing spreads through generations we don't want any more generational curses we want generational blessings and that is how we do this we heal we heal the people around us. We heal our families. We heal, you know, our community. And that that continues to trickle, you know. And, and if we do that, if we continue to crown each other in that way, we will get rid of envy. We will get rid of jealousy. We'll get rid of hate, backbiting, all of the different things that come along with not healing ourselves. You know, we, we are eradicating that trauma by crowning our women and girls. As it brings you to it comes from and brings to brings a person to i think in like it's almost a spiritual way that the the, the crown chakra is what i keep thinking. Yeah. the most enlightened it's the highest it's when you're self-actualized and you are operating at your peak that exactly. is exactly you have that unlocked and it it's not lost on me that you know when you crown someone you're bringing them to that energy state and it's, exactly 
spiritual exactly. and some people may see it as mumbo jumbo but there i mean there's a little insight to it and you can, yeah you can it's actually you, you know charlie i think you hit the nail on the head because the highest energy the highest form that we have is love right Mm -hmm. And when we're on this healing journey, when, when we have our initial awakening and we, we're becoming conscious, the highest form of that is now that I'm conscious, I want to make other people conscious. You know, uh, yes. now that I've learned to love myself, I want to show others how to love themselves so that they can love others because we can only love other other people to the extent to which we love ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and in. And we have to understand that, you know, a lot of times we're demanding love from people that don't even love themselves. That's why it's so important for us to show our potential mates or the mates that we're with how much we love ourselves. Because if I can love me, now you can love me and I can love you. But if I'm lacking love, I can't love you because I have to love me first, you know. And that's so important. That is so important. That's so important. I think yes. back to this to this thing. It was a video I saw on social media somewhere with Eartha Kitt. And she's, you know, I want to share myself with someone else. I want someone to love me with me, not, yes. you know, be loved or chased or to do the chasing or do the, you know, doting over someone trying to get them to reciprocate you know things like that right. i i want to it's enough to love yourself you should feel whole first by loving yourself right, right. and then add to that with exactly exactly yeah. exactly because that's that's what it is i am responsible for making me happy mm -hmm. i cannot put my happiness in the lap of somebody else and make them responsible for making me happy and just like Eartha Kitt, you can come along and make me happier. You can add that. You can add that. Er, <laughs> yes. But I have to already be happy. And if I'm not happy and I'm not securing who I am, that is when I attract the takers. You That's know? right. Yes. And we talked a lot about, you know, setting the healthy boundaries and self-care. We think of self-care and you may come up with a vision of a manicure and a pedicure and the bubble bath and things, but that's not necessarily what self-care always is. Sometimes self-care is I've had a rough day and I'm feeling pent up. I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to cry about it and I'm just mm -hmm. going to unload it. Sometimes mm -hmm. self-care is I'm going to get up before everybody else and I'm going to have an hour to myself in the quiet and listen to music. Yes. Sometimes yes. It's just saying no to something you're uncomfortable with. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Walking away. Said before, no is a complete sentence. A complete said sentence. That on our break. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just you know the bottom line is is you're learning how to be an advocate for yourself. No one knows you the way you know you. No one is in your head and it can articulate your thoughts in your heart the way you can. So you are responsible for that. And if you're not in touch with you, that makes it all the more difficult to articulate what you're feeling. How many times have we been in situations where we think back and go, oh, I should have said this or I should have done that. or I should have been, you know, I should have set better boundaries for myself. We can't do it in a moment because we're disconnected. You know, yes. we're always focused on connecting with other people, but we're so disconnected from ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, and I always stop to take 
the assessment of myself in which I didn't used to do this, but I think that this is the best form of self-care, you know, in great situations or, or poor situations. In great situations, and I love networking and, you know, I love being with friends, like being with y'all this past weekend. You know, I thought to myself, I always think to myself, this is my self-assessment question. What are you feeling in this moment? How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I love to pay attention to myself and, and notice the times when I feel my best. I yes. realize that I feel my best and I feel the most energized when I'm motivating and energizing other people. You know, I enjoy myself thoroughly being with other beautiful women that want to play dress up with me. Like yes. that made my whole world. I love that. Right. And so part of that self-care is noticing when I'm happy, you know, what things make me happy so I can do more of that. That is self-care. Right. And then what things make me uneasy or what situations make me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to put myself in those situations anymore. You know, and, and I realized that, OK, sometimes you go to networking events and the energy is it may be off, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, these people are negative. You know, um, I don't I don't like the energy in here. So I'm going to cut this one short, you know, mm -hmm. and. That is also a form of self-care. If you're if you if you have a, a long-standing commitment for every Sunday, you gotta eat um brunch or lunch with your family. And this is just one Sunday where you feel like, you know, I really need this time for me. I don't want to go out. I don't really feel like being social. I just need to lie in bed. My body's tired. And you take that time for you. Don't let your family make you feel guilty for doing that. Because yes, no. you you are taking time for you. And I think a lot of time as empaths, as nurturers, as women, we allow other people to make us feel guilty for taking that time for us. And I don't I don't allow that anymore, you know. Um, and I, I know that when I when I'm extremely tired and I overextend myself, that's when I start looking for sweets, you know, where does that you know? So I try to protect myself to present prevent myself from getting to those those places yes i was listening to uh our dear coach danny d's podcast the other day and i was listening to the episode where she mentioned if you are if you we all commit ourselves a lot especially if you're a small business owner you commit yourself to eight thousand things every day my calendar is right. if you feel like you have to do something take that self-assessment mm -hmm. if the only reasons you can come up with for why you're doing a thing is because someone else expects it. You shouldn't be doing that thing. That's if right. you don't have any joy in the reason you're going to do a thing, if you are dreading that thing, if there's no positive you can come up with and it's all external, you should probably not do it. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Danielle, Coach Danny D is phenomenal because I'm going to tell y'all, I was I was really running on empty, um, especially after my grandmother died. I was trying to find anything and everything. I was like, I can't sit now. I got to go. <laughs> go. You know, it, that was the way I cope. You know, I, I would stay busy. And um, she ended up having a calendar detox, like a coaching, a group coaching class um, that ran, I want to say, about six to eight weeks. And um, she encouraged white space in your calendar. And that was the one of the best things I've ever done for myself. 
because I was running on empty and I didn't realize how burned out I had become. But I was I was running primarily because I didn't want to deal with the grief that I was feeling. But then also I didn't want to let other people down because I felt like I had to be there for everybody. But I wasn't really showing up for myself, you know. Um, and so I'm glad that you're listening to her because she's phenomenal. I love her. I I've taken a lot of those, those action steps. I've got, you know, I've got an online booking thing where you can book an appointment with me. And I was finding people would book appointments and I'd be like, Oh, I really wanted this time to hang out and just like take the afternoon off, especially during the summertime, the kids were out of school. Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend time with them. So we put blocks on my calendar, you know, Thursday afternoon and all day Friday, whether I was going to work or whether I was going to take it off, nobody could book an appointment. There you it go. Was flex. It was mine to decide. Yours to decide. Absolutely. And that was so empowering. Yes. Yes. We have to take back our time. We have to take control of our time and we have to stop, you know, giving our time to everyone else except ourselves. And I've noticed that if I don't take my time, I'm grouchy. I'm on edge. I'm like, oh, get out of my face. (laughs) You know, because I haven't had that time. You got to do it for yourself. You have to. I want you to tell everybody about our amazing gala coming up. Yes. Oh, listen, the gala, the gala that's coming up September 16th at the Ritz Carlson is going to be amazing. The place is gorgeous. Oh my God. The chandeliers make me so happy. So excited. We're going to have such amazing vendors supporting the mission and wanting to help propel Crown Me Forward so that we can do the work that we've been called to do. But right now we're going to party. We're going to have a good time. You know, we've worked. We've worked That's hard funny. to get to this point. It's been um, months and months of planning. The board has done a phenomenal job. Jessica, thank you so much for being such an integral part of the board. I mean, you just dived in and you have been on fire ever since. Um, and so we're just so grateful for you. And I'm excited to see you in your fancy dress and crown. And, and Charlie, wear that special tuxedo. Now you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> you are? You're going to give in? Yay! Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal night. It'll be an unforgettable night that we will cherish forever. And we have our dear Monica Pierre, who will be our mistress of ceremony. If you've ever been in the room where she gives her talks, you can hear a pin drop. Like people are on the edge of their seats. It's it's times that I've heard her speak. I'm still asking her about those speeches. So what do you mean by this? You know what? So, I mean, you know, she's, she's phenomenal. She really is our modern day legend. Um, and then, you know, we have Danielle with the NOLA Party Boutique. She'll be doing the balloon arrangements. We'll have our pink carpet. We'll have Shannon with the the photography. Her her work is impeccable. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see to see the, the photos that come out of this. So we're going to have so many important people with us that night. And um, what an, a grand opportunity to grow your business. You know, if you're looking to display your business, get other people involved in, in your business, become a sponsor because we treat our sponsors very well. You your name and logo will be displayed everywhere. We want you to be a part of that. And we also want you to come and network, connect with like-minded people like you that can grow your business, that can 10X your business. 
And so um, it's just going to be an exciting night. Like there, it's a win-win for everybody. That's what we, that's what we want. We want that win-win situation. So get dressed up. The theme is glitz and glam. Be as glamorous and glitzy as you like. No one's going to stop you. In, in fact, we're all going to cheer you on. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. And not only will we, we be wearing our small crowns, we will yes. have our little literal crowns on our head. Yes. So if you want to come all out, you will not be alone. We will, you will not on with yes, our absolutely and crowns. Coming to the gala is self care. Yes, it sure is. It definitely is. Yes, we're just so excited. It's going to be such a phenomenal night. Such a phenomenal night. I can't wait. I want everybody to get in and get their tickets and tables before we we are sold out. Like there is no room for expansion. So once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> so if you're looking to buy tickets to our gala or purchase a sponsorship or just donate. Where can you find Crown Me Foundation? Yes, go to crownmefoundation.org. As soon as you go to the website, it's going to say click the link to purchase tickets. We've also added a link for sponsors that would love to have their business logos displayed, um, you know, their business names and everything uh, advertised at the gala. We've created a link, but you won't necessarily be able to be there. We know lots of people travel and are in and out of town, but you want to have your business displayed. We do have a link for that as well. If you want to buy individual tickets or purchase a table, we have links for that. And also, if you want a sponsorship, everything is at crownmefoundation.org. And you can also find us on social media with Crown Foundation um, as the handle for Instagram and also for Facebook. Yeah, you see Charlie's Charlie's beautiful Crown Me handles on yes. there. Oh, my God. Y'all, I wear that every day. And when I'm in the classroom, my kids are following me around. They're like, Miss Black, you smell so good. <laughs> I'm like, sit down. <laughs> well, thank you again, Danielle. I appreciate you being here with us. Um, I cannot wait for the gala. If yes. you are interested in participating and being a sponsor or just donating to the Crown Me Foundation, supporting our mission, please go to the website, donate. We appreciate everybody. We love shouting out our sponsors on social media. Yes, yes, we do. So definitely be engaged. Um, and if you're in New Orleans, come to the gala. There is not yes. going to be a better party to be at. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That will be awesome. it. Party of the century. I can't wait. We also will have WDSU, Fox News. Yes, inside New Orleans. We're just waiting for CNN. CNN, hey. give us a call. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, so we're excited. We're excited, yes. Well, my woman of many hats, it is time to go get some rest and recovery <laughs> and self-care. Yes. We'll talk yes. to you soon, my love. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire, travel your own path, and most importantly, be your own superhero. Superhero.